Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello and welcome to Laz and Powers. This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. Hi, this is Mark Lazarus of The Athletic. Scott is on vacation this week. Uh, I think this is his first vacation ever. The, the, the man took paternity leave in May and spent the whole time working the Kyle Beach case. So I'm trying to give him a whole week off here. So I am joined by a special guest. Uh, my colleague and friend, Phil Thompson of the Chicago Tribune. Phil, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Lance. So uh, this is the 937th interview that Phil has done oh. in the past five days. Uh, <laughs> it's been a week, hasn't it, Phil? Uh, you know, somewhat eventful. <laughs> so for the uh, three people who didn't rewatch the video at this point, yeah. uh, Phil and I got yelled at by Blackhawks owner Rocky Hartz. Um The other day at the Blackhawks Town Hall, we asked uh, simple direct questions and... Uh, we're told that it's none of our business, and um, it's been a little weird. Like I, I was, at, I was in Vegas for the All Star Game this weekend. It's all anybody wanted to talk about. It's interesting timing. Um, um, I think Greg Wachinski put it best. He said the fact that Gary Bettman agreed to one-on-one interviews with both of us shows the severity of Rocky Words' transgression here. And uh, what's what's been? You know, we're, we're about a week out almost now from from what happened. When you when you look back on it, what, what, what stands out to you? Uh, well, one thing the, the support has been phenomenal. Uh, you know, I. In the moment, it, it didn't seem that bad to me, if you can believe it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, I mean, because, you know, we've had borderline contentious interviews before oh, sure. with, with, the, with these folks. But um, but then to hear the outpouring of support from fans and saying, yeah, go go get them. These are the answers we need. And I've heard from a lot of people that I haven't heard from in a long time. You know, that, that was just great. Well, yeah, it's funny, you know, in a year. All I did was literally ask, like, a, I lobbed a softball question to Rocky, and then he stepped on it and broke his ankle in three places, basically. But, like, for you to come up after that, that's what I love about We saw this a lot, frankly, during the Trump era, where journalists start sticking up for other journalists, yeah, right? Yeah. You attack one of us, you attack yeah, all of us. And I, was, I appreciated how you just went up there and very professionally and very calmly, with a lot of poise, basically said, no, 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 you don't get to do that. No. And he went right back at him. And it would have been easy just to step up and say, uh, you know, Mr. Wirtz. Your team has the momentum of a runaway freight train. Why are you so popular? Well, we didn't do that. And, and you know, I, 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 it's funny because, like you said, a lot of people have been coming out. I was in Vegas and everyone kept talking about it. I'm like, I didn't do anything. Like, I did literally the bare minimum of my job. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's interesting because, like, 
you don't like being part of the story. It's weird no, being no. part of the story, and we kind of became part of the story right, there. Right. Uh, I don't think either of us, you know, is a grandstander. Like we were not there trying to like score points. Um, honestly, if I think we both realized that that wasn't the setting for these hard questions, right? This was this like, town hall with scrubbed questions. They were reading answers off of a teleprompter. Yeah. Um, they invited us, and so like I tried to ask a question that was relevant, but forward thinking, and then. You know, hopefully in the near future, I would sit down with one of them and I would ask the harder questions about 2010. So when he, but when he came at me just for asking about, the, you know, I was asking about the present and the future, what are they going to do to make sure it doesn't happen again? And Rocky just lost his mind. <laughs> it was surreal. Yeah. Like, like you stood up and then, then you threw the hard question at him and it's like. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, uh, the first thing that went to my mind is, uh, oh, hell no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I have to give a shout out to Chris Ronji because he, he uh, articulated it perfectly for me because that, that was exactly on my mind. Um, and, I, you know, I was thinking that I reviewed what you asked in my head to see, was it provocative at all? I mean, but, you know, of course we can ask provocative questions. But uh, when I kind of reviewed it and it signed up, that was such a benign question. And on top of it, it was kind of a uh, an entree to... To for Danny and for it was exactly staff. what they wanted to talk right. about. Right, they've been telegraphing this is that same thing. Right, in press releases since the fall. So you would think that was the, the exact question that they wanted asked, and for them to have for Rocky to have that reaction was baffling. Well, it, it, it was interesting because, like you know, I asked the question and I didn't really plan it, and that's why you can hear me kind of stammering my way through it. And then Rocky starts immediately going in when again I asked, I directed the question to Danny. Yes. Um, and Rocky starts going, there's like 10 seconds where I'm silent because like my brain went fuzzy and I'm like, is this actually happening right now? And then I started, you know, fighting back. Like, it, it, how is this not my business? You know, I'm not even talking about the past. It, it went back and forth. Uh, the, the, the worst part for me, like public relations wise almost, was <clears throat> Danny tried to say, you know what, let me answer this. And Rocky went full Logan Roy on him and just stepped <laughs> on him. Just, yes. He just yes. emasculated the thing. And it's, yeah. it's, and it's disappointing because not only is it just wildly childish and unprofessional from Rocky, but... You know, Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner, I felt bad for them. Like, they have been putting in the work. Yes. They are putting these things in place. And it felt like, you know, with the lawsuit settled, that maybe we were finally ready to start looking forward. We're never going to move on. Like, I don't like that phrase, move on. Yes. Like, this is going to be a part of the narrative for a long time. It's going to color everything that we do going forward yes. as, as writers is in the wake of Kyle Beach, how do we proceed? And it felt like Danny and Jamie had finally started to make some progress in that way. And we're right back to square one. Well, like Rocky immediately killed it all. I, I think not only that, and inviting questions about what is the true power dynamics going on right, uh, in the right. Blackhawks. Because, you know, who's really running the show? Because it seems that Danny was brought on to, to take the Hawks in a certain direction. You know, the, the staff, the hockey operations a certain way, the staff, the business side a certain way, with an eye toward analytics on both sides. And when, when Rocky just kind of put his foot down, it, it, it kind of felt like a throwback. Like, right. oh, we're, 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 you know, this might be his little toy, but I'm running the show when, right. it, when it comes down to the bottom And that's line. a surprising thing because, like, I think we all know that Rocky's not really involved in the day-to-day operation. Right. It is Danny and Jamie running the show. But nobody's going to buy that now. Yes. Like, how, like, how much credibility do Rocky, uh, do Danny and Jamie lose through no fault of their own here? Of course. Just because of, you know, dad going nuts. I mean, it, it, it's... It, it, it just sets back, it undermined them. So that, that's the best word I can come up with. It completely undermined all the good things they're doing. Yes. And now they have to work again to regain that credibility. No, we're in charge. And, 
Yes. You know, and that's one of the things that Gary Bettman talked about when, when, when I, I sat down with him in Vegas. I know you talked with him on the phone. Um, he's like, you know what? Danny and Jamie are running things and I have faith in them. And that's fine. I still think it's kind of disconcerting that there's no repercussions whatsoever for Rocky Words here. And I understand that Gary Bettman works for Rocky and not the other way around. That's yes. how commissioners work. Yes. He works for the owners. But it shows you just how much power the words in general have in this league. Oh, that absolutely. they can do something that egregious and not even get slapped on the wrist for it. There was nothing. No, it was like, oh, no, he, he just he was emotional. Yeah, emotional outburst. Devin right. tried to paint it almost as like a positive. He's just so frustrated and so disappointed about everything oh, that whatever. it weighs on him. Give, give, give me a break. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Well, I think if anything, Bettman kind of confirms that he realizes what the optics are because he kept saying that Rocky has empowered Jamie and Danny. Right. Rocky right. has given the power to Danny. So Rocky's in a position to, to disseminate power. He, he, he's still in that position in, in Bettman's own words, in, in my estimate. Now, of course, like you said, in the, in the practical sense, yeah, Danny's running the show. But in terms of, you know, the optics and what the public perceives as who makes the big call ultimately, I think in a lot of people's mind, they question if it's still Rocky. Right. And, and, and at the very least... You know, he, he he's the one who sets the tone, right? Yes. He creates the culture. Yes. And all we've been talking about Absolutely. for this whole year has been the culture. There you go. And if now it's this culture of fear and, you know, like the thing that he said, I don't remember if he said it to you or to me. I think he said it to, I honestly can't remember. He said, if an employee asks me this question, I'll answer it. I don't have to answer that was to you. To you. Yeah. Was that to me? Yeah. And, and like, what fucking employee is going to ask <laughs> right. him that question after watching that video? Exactly. Like, you think some, like, mid-level, middle management guy's going to go, I'm, I'm knock on Rocky's door. Hey, Rocky, what are you going to do to make sure that if something happens to me, I feel a comfortable report? I mean, give me a break. Well, did you did you see, uh, I tried to pose that similar question to Gary Bettman. Mm-hmm. I said, look, you had a head of an original six franchise and all the weight that he carries with three Stanley Cups on his shoulders. What is an employee... Or uh, a prospect, an 18 or 19 year old prospect, going to do against that kind of leverage when somebody says, We don't want to talk about this subject. Right. And, you know, his answer was, Oh, you have to look at it in context and all the trauma that the Blackhawks organization has been through over the last few years. Oh, the poor Blackhawks. Oh, yeah, the trauma. <laughs> their trauma. Their trauma. The, 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 just the tone deafness all around. Yeah. And again, this undermines Rocky and or Danny and Jamie, who. I think are smart enough yes. and forward thinking enough and progressive enough to realize that that's bullshit. Yeah. Like they know that their trauma isn't the trauma that matters here. They're exactly. well aware of that. Exactly. This is billionaire talk, right? This is someone who's never been told no in his life. This is someone who's always gotten his way and has never been challenged like this in his life, not handling it well. Yes. And that's what we saw on that stage. And to excuse it, to explain it away, to hand wave it, it's insulting to you, it's insulting to me, it's insulting to the fans, it's insulting to Danny and Jamie, and it's certainly insulting to Kyle Beach. Yeah, and, and you mentioned tone. I think this was a missed opportunity for Danny to set the tone for what the Blackhawks are going to be, for him to put his imprint, his first right. major, because, you know, we heard him through, uh, you know, mostly a, a structured uh, briefing with the Jenner and Block Report, where the, the, you know, frankly, the centerpiece of that was about Kyle Beach mm-hmm. and about the, the malfeasance of 10 years ago. This was Danny's moment that Rocky stepped on. Right. It, it wasn't just like stepping on a couple of reporters. He stepped on his own son. This, this, was, this was Danny Wirtz's I'm in charge yes. party here, basically. Yes. This, this is his first real public statement since he took over from John McDonough. We still don't even know why John McDonough got fired. Right. Like, <laughs> these, are, these are the questions that we need to ask of these people. Yeah. And we couldn't even get you know a simple one in. So it... it 
you know, Danny came up to me afterward. I don't know if you see if he came up to you afterward also. Yes. And yes. he basically said, look, I do want to answer these questions. I'm going to answer these questions. Yes. But Danny's smart enough to know that if he did it right then and there after that press conference, it would have been drowned out completely. Yes. I think that's the vibe I got is like, like he knew at that point the, the, the day was lost. The news cycle was lost. Yes. Yes. So there's no reason. So I'm hoping in the near future that he'll sit down and have like real meaningful conversations, whether it's, you know, one-on-one, not press conference stuff, where he sits down with all of us, uh, you know, one-on-one or comes on a podcast and has a wide-ranging discussion. He, that's what he and Jamie Faulkner need to do now because it's damage control at this point. Yes. They, have, they, they have to spend the next little while reaffirming their control over the organization. Yes. That Rocky, Rocky might be, you know, pissed about all this, but it doesn't matter because he's not in charge really. He just signs the checks, yes. which I do believe to be true, I should point out. Also, I should point out we're sitting in Rocky's ice house here right now at the <laughs> Blackhawks practice arena with our masks on. So sorry if the audio is a little off. But, hey, um, I'll be here till they kick me out. Exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, that was the funniest part. People come and say, are they going to revoke your credentials? Yeah. No, they're not. <laughs> That's like Twitter's favorite thing. Like if you ever ask anything mean, this is why you won't ask the hard question. Yeah. Revoke your credentials. Could you imagine? If the Blackhawks revoked our credentials yeah, after no. that, they're not that stupid. They're, no, they're no. smart, savvy people who know that that's not how this works. Yeah, the, the, the shit start that that would pull up. So no, we're not worried about losing our no, credentials. No, no, no. But it, it, you know, that's what that's what they need to do now. Though they need to sit down and have wide ranging conversations where they do answer the actual hard questions, yes. not just these little softballs we were prepared to lob at a you know a folksy town hall event that was all about yay yay rah rah. Yeah, yeah. Like, how, how do you come away with a scandal at a, at a town hall? That's what you have to ask yourself. <laughs> like, it's, just, well, it's just amazing because, like, he, I, I, talked to, I, I talked to some people in the organization afterwards. And, like, they very, very obviously, just like you would have, like, you know, presidential debate prep where they had, you know, someone sitting in the room asking yes. every imaginable question that might come so they'd be ready for it. I mean, obviously, they had the pre-screened fan questions where they were of reading course. their answers off the prompt. They had a big TV right in front of them that they were reading the answers off of. But they knew, but they invited the media. We didn't ambush them. No. They invited us to ask questions. So they were prepared. They had to be prepared for the questions. And I heard that Rocky was pissed about these even in prep. Like anytime it was brought up, he's like, we're oh, talking wow. about that. Wow. Maybe not to that degree. Yeah. But clearly, and then if you factor in, you know, there's three more lawsuits pending now from yes. Paul Vincent and the other Black Ace and another John Doe. Yes. Um, there's also this DJ Jones, the Rockford Icehogs uh, athletic trainer who yes. was fired for sexual harassment back in 2014. Right. Clearly all these things were, 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 were in Rocky's head. I mean, I'm yes. sure that had something to do with his state of, of mind. But, but again, even, even and, the DJ and, and Jones. And you, you had written... Uh, about Kyle Beach on that Monday preceding, and then I had a column that mentioned Kyle Beach that yeah. that same morning. Oh, shit, me and Scott wrote a, call, a whole story about these are the questions we want to ask of Rocky yes. Works and Danny Works and Jamie Faulkner, so they knew what was coming. But it, it, you know, it just kind of goes to show the whole nature of this shitstorm is like the DJ Jones firing. Look, it's it's gross and it's awful that he was doing this, and it's awful yeah. that it took so long for this to come out. But this is, in some ways. A positive story in that yeah. someone reported it. Yes. The Blackhawks took it seriously. They immediately suspended him and immediately investigated him and then immediately fired him yes. within a week. Yes. And it, the, the the complaint was lodged the day after the general block report. Exactly. That means that Kyle Beach is already having an impact, a yes. positive impact, empowering people to make these reports. That's what we want to see happen, right? Yes. This could have been a good story. But because of the timing of everything, it looks like, oh, the Blackhawks were keeping this a secret again. And, you know... Should they have just announced it right away back yes. in November? Yes, I agree. I think they should have. But then, you know, it becomes a slippery slope. Do they report every microaggression that's reported to them? Do they report? I, I understand the, the PR nuances of this, but 
everything the Blackhawks do now should be so, they should be going out of their way to be so ridiculously transparent. Even this, even their NFL style announcing of, uh, of, of GM interviews, that's great. Yes. Everything should be above board now. And if they had reported this five days after the general block report came out, I think people would have applauded that. They would have been good. That's a sign that something good is happening. Yes. But because it happened three months later, two months later, and four days after Rocky Wirtz goes nuclear, yes. people are like, oh, look, they're just trying to change the narrative. Yeah. They're, they're, they're trying to put a good And that's not how news works. I mean, I, I heard, no, it, I, no. I, you know, I had been working on the same story. You know, Emily Kaplan and Jesse Rogers at ESPN got to it first to be able to confirm it. But, you know, so it was out there. But it just kind of was in the last couple of days. And, and so if this had come out in November, it would have looked better than if it comes out now. And it's just kind of emblematic of all the problems the Blackhawks are having with messaging and showing. Because, look, I don't like saying this, but Gary Bettman was right about one thing. Hmm. The Blackhawks are doing the work. Yes. They are. They're laying the yeah. groundwork. And they, some of this stuff, you know, I know Jamie Faulkner has been putting some of this stuff in even before the, the, the lawsuit surfaced. You know, the, the way to report yes. and, yes. you know, mental health initiatives. All these things are great things. But... They're, not, they're just messaging it poorly. The timing is always awful. It's always on the cloud. And then you got the owner of the team, you know, screaming about we're not going to talk about Kyle Beach. And all the good work is obliterated. At least from the public relations yeah. standpoint. I mean, I mean, but they they can't fault media for that. They, no. they can't fault the, the you know, the, the people involved making the complaints. They they knew what had transpired and they could have controlled that message. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, it, it's another opportunity. Here's another opportunity where they, they could have put their stamp on things and say, hey, this is how we're going to conduct business. Right. This is how we change hockey culture. They they should be leading this conversation because let's be frank, you know, it's not just about sexual abuse and sexual harassment. There are various abuses that you well know in hockey. And they could be leading this narrative of, about changing hockey culture that we're not going to accept abuse, that you right. don't need abuse to make a good NHLer. But they, they continually hunt on their opportunities. Yeah. To, to lead this narrative. Yeah, and, or, or just shoot themselves in the foot along the way. Yeah. I mean, part of it is just, the, the one thing I heard the most about Rocky Works was that it was an unforced error. Like, yes. just shut up, dude. Just <laughs> shut up. Yes. All you had to do was shut up. Nobody asked you that question. No. You didn't have to say a damn thing. You could have sit there and stewed silently and just been pissed that we mentioned the words Kyle Beach and, and, and everyone would have looked great. Well, because Danny would have talked about all those things they've implemented and, he would have, and, and, and that would have been the story. And, you know, none of this happens. Well, that, that's why I don't buy Gary Bettman's assessment that Rocky just had a moment, that we all have a moment, because he actually had two moments. Because I came back to the question, he had a chance to reconsider, you know, the optics of what he had just done, what had he just transpired. He doubled down on it. He, doubled, he chose to double down. And then he, uh, then, he's, then he got, like, petty with it, too. Like, he's talking about, like, the, the late scores in the paper oh, yeah. and the Tribune. I mean, well, he's right about that. <laughs> I, 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 I got to say, objectively, that was pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, so oh, we, we cracked up about it. Yeah, we, we don't have any control over it. But it's so uh, yeah, petty. We, it's yeah. just like, here's this multi-billionaire, yeah. you know, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it was so... You know, and, 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 you well, know. Oh, that's the hilarious part. It's like, well, don't you have another question? Okay, sure. Let's talk about your dropping attendance. And then he was mad about that, too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, you, you, he wanted your data. I mean, it was just, all of it was so childish. And, you know, on TNT, on one hand, credit TNT. They showed the whole thing in full. Like, they're rights holders. Rights holders don't always show their their sports in a, in a, in a negative light, but they didn't. And Wayne Gretzky, when Wayne Gretzky's oh, yes. going in on you, yes. you know you've done something wrong. <laughs> yes. This is not exactly the most... Unless you're with Arizona withholding money from him, he does not go no. hard on you. And he went no. harder than talking about, and he made a, a fantastic point. If you're the parent of some 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid, yeah. is this the organization you want your kid to get drafted to? 
a phenomenal point by yes. Wayne Gretzky and a very salient one. No, absolutely. Then Anson Carter's like, well, clearly there's some kind of beef between the reporter and uh, and I, I yeah. had more people ask me out. So what's the beef between you and uh, Rocky Words? Yes, I hadn't talked tell. to Rocky Words in years. Do tell. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> We, 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 we used You're to among be, friends, Lance. When, when, when the Blackhawks were good, I would sit down with Rocky almost every year. We would do like a state of the franchise thing. Talk to him a few times. And that was like the extent of our relationship. And we haven't talked in years. There's no, there was certainly no bad blood on my standpoint, on my end. Yeah. Maybe he just wasn't happy with all the coverage that we've all been doing about Kyle Beach. I'm sure that played into it. So he's clearly not a big fan of the media these days just because we've been, you know, doing our jobs. Yes. But there's nothing there. Uh, I, I thought it was a little irresponsible, frankly, of Anson Carter to just throw that out there because we all know how TV journalism works. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, someone throws it out there and then Rick Tockett has to pick up the ball and run with it. And so yeah, then, of and, course, and then it just yeah. becomes a soon fact that, you know, I've had some beef against Rocky and I was trying to, you know, cut his legs out from underneath him. Just, just give me a break. Yeah. Again, I asked like the easiest question possible. Yes. This yes. was not some heroic act of journalism <laughs> on my part. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, well, let's try to do what the Blackhawks wouldn't let us do the other day, which is look forward here. We just finished talking to Derek King and uh, Connor Murphy before they head off to Edmonton. And uh, you asked them about the cultural changes. And, you know, they, they both sounded like, like, I really do think this is almost a generational thing. I think the modern NHL player, the modern NHL coach, they do look at things differently. And I do think things have gotten significantly better in terms of players' mental health in their willingness to report things. Do you have faith that the next time something like this happens, and unfortunately, this thing will happen again somewhere in some level of hockey that it'll be handled in a different way. Do you have any faith after all this? Do you have any faith left? I have faith, but I wouldn't call it absolute faith because I think it will still depend on the situation. I think it will still depend on, are are we talking about, uh, you know, a regular employee working in business operations or are we talking about a a player? Uh, Because I think that still, you know, there's still could be a barrier to a player wanting to come forward and, to someone, you know, wanting to report it up the chain. You know, I, I think we have to be realistic about it. The proof would be in the pudding. Well, I mean, hockey culture as a whole is such a, you know, uh, keep it within inside you, right? Yes, it's, insular, it's, it's yeah. not. It's not hockey culture to tell people how you're feeling. It's not right. hockey culture to admit vulnerabilities and weaknesses. It's not hockey culture to speak up. I mean, they never even say the word I. They always say the word we. That's just hockey culture. And, yeah, that's going to take some time to change. But... I do think that's gotten better. I think you look at players that, you know, the young stars that have come through the league, they were raised a little differently. They're raised in a more, you know, progressive and thoughtful society. And I'm hoping that that permeates all levels of hockey. I want that to be true, but hockey has a way of letting us down, doesn't it? 
Well, it does. But, you know, you also have to consider what, what is going on behind the scenes. If someone comes forward, you know, they may do think the right things on the surface, but that player has to wonder, is this going to follow them throughout their career? Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, even outside the, you know, the, the walls of, uh, you know, the United Center or, or, or Rockford or, or what have you. You know, does this follow them around in their career? You want to be labeled a troublemaker, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Are you a troublemaker? You know, is this something that you're Are you invited? soft? Yeah. The worst exactly. thing. The worst thing a hockey player can be called is soft, right? Exactly. And exactly. admitting any kind of weakness or vulnerability is soft. Precisely. Precisely. Yeah. So there, there are consequences that somebody has to navigate to think. You know, it, you know. Sure. On, on, you know, from a purely policy standpoint, you know, I might see a resolution that takes care of the problem. But what will be the other repercussions behind right. the scenes that you, I mean, and it's it, frankly it, valid. And it's going to be years, decades, maybe till we know, really, until these players have retired and moved on. And we hear their stories, just yes. how much better things have gotten. You know, uh, you know, here's hoping that, you know, Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner can lead the charge that Rocky Wirtz, frankly, won't stand in their way. I don't think he really has that much control over the organization. It is just, you know, it's his voice that carries a lot of weight and sets the tone. But frankly, I think Danny and Jamie have their hearts in the right place. I think they're trying. But boy, in this sport, it's an uphill battle. And it's always going to be an uphill battle. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, any any change that you make in sports, yeah. especially when you're talking about cultural changes. Yeah, it, it, you know, culture doesn't want to change itself. It, somebody has to lead. Somebody has to push the issue. There's going to be holdouts. There's going to be going to be people that want to do things the old way and that old guard when you've got rocky saying we're not talking about kyle beach and dismissing when you got that that stilted gary bettman bill daly zoom from months ago where they're you know casual with their jackets off just chilling out talking about kyle beach like you know (laughs) there there needs to be change at that level before there can be change at the lower levels (laughs) and you know that level is not going anywhere anytime soon people in power now are going to be the people in power for a long time and until we get to that next generation of power it's going to continue to be a struggle, I think, and one that, you know, you and I and everyone also have to keep a close eye on because uh, you know, I don't think anybody wants to see this happen again. Yeah, and, and I would ask you this last. Do you, you know, you talk about Gary Bettman and Daly setting the tone, and Bettman in particular. Do you feel like when he tackles this subject, it, it's more him trying to push, the, uh, you know, push progress, or is he doing more damage control? It's damage control. Gary Bettman's job is to make the owners money, right? I mean, that is his task. That is that is the whole reason of his existence is to make the owners more money. And he's very, very good at it. I mean, he's made rich people very, very richer. Um, <laughs> do I think he wants things to be better? Sure. Like he, does, he doesn't want hockey to be bad. He doesn't want hockey to be embarrassing. He doesn't want hockey to be, you know, a place where people are afraid to, to, to exist. But is that his primary goal? No. His primary goal is to change the narrative, to move past the news cycle and to continue to make the owners money. I don't think he's a bad person by any stretch. I think he wants things to be better, but I don't think that's the primary goal of the commissioner's office, let alone whoever's in there. It's not to improve the sport. It's to make money. That's his mandate. And that's fine. You can't begrudge him that way. That's his mandate. You'd like to see at least they be co-equal goals. And I think the more things like this happen, it's unfortunate that it takes things like this to, to move the needle. But the more stories like this that come out and the more people hold them accountable and the more fans, you know, express their displeasure, especially financially, that's how you affect change. And eventually 
you know, whether they wanted to or not, things will change for the best. And unfortunately, I think sometimes the way his words come across seem to reflect that duality. He has that lawyerly manner where it's just, uh, he's very dismissive, I think, of a lot yes. of people, the way he talks. And it comes, even when he's saying the right things, the, 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 tone, <laughs> yes. the tone isn't always there. So uh, there it is. And again, the proof will be in the pudding, right? We'll, we'll yes. see if this is, you know, just another news cycle or if it's something that's going to actually change something for the better. And, you know, I think we're all cynical and skeptical at this point, having been around hockey long enough to know better. Uh, anyway, I just want to thank you, Phil, for coming out here and, and talking during practice here. Um, thank you for standing up and, and, and doing the right thing the other night. That was awesome. I appreciate you. I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, we'll have you on soon when Scott's back and we can have a three-way talk. Hey, it's the Brotherhood of Journalism, my pleasure, and thank you so much for having me on. I'm now happy to be joined by founding editor of The Athletic and lead columnist for Chicago, John Greenberg. Johnny Pucks, welcome to Lazen Powers. Finally. I know, it took us long enough, right? Yeah, finally I get an invite. So yeah, it's good to be here. Let's talk so, some hockey. Let's talk some hockey. I, you know, I, I kind of, me and Scott, we kind of live in this little bubble, the Blackhawks bubble that we're in. And I'm curious what the outside world, and especially in Chicago, is is seeing when they see this absolute mess that is the Blackhawks over the last year. W what is the perception of this team now, which used to be this kind of like untouchable gold standard? Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, their, their big problem was when they stopped winning Stanley Cups in <laughs> Chicago. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, you know, they built a lot of cat. They turned a lot of people who are casual fans or less than casual fans into huge fans when they were winning, you know, during that stretch run of three cups and, you know, and the bars are packed and everyone's excited. And, you know, I would say probably once that stopped, the casual fan kind of probably ignores hockey on TV and will go to games if they get tickets. And, but that's fine. You know, there's a big group. They grew their base. They grew their base at diehards. So there's more than enough diehards to fill that fill that arena when they're just decent, right? When they're just good right. and competitive. And then now they're only in the news for like one disastrous decision, you know, disgusting, all, you know, all the stuff that's come out. So like everything that they built, I wouldn't say it's all gone, but, you know, I don't think the Blackhawks brand stands for, you know, a lot of good things outside of their, their core constituents. Yeah, you know, it felt that maybe they had finally. I, I I really don't like using the term "move on" because you don't move on from this, but right. had started to turn the narrative forward into you know they had settled the lawsuits. You know, Kyle Beach, uh, uh, you know, revealed himself and 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 told his truth, and it seemed like we were ready to kind of like start looking forward with this. Did Rocky Wirtz just hand waving all this as you know we're not talking about this anymore? Does that kind of undo a lot of that does that kind of set us back to where we were back in october yeah i think it sets it back i don't think it's you know in a lot of ways is permanent i think once you know if they were good right now i think you know the conversation would still be about the hockey as well right. but they're not and that's this is the only thing people are talking about right like blackhawks were not a staple on sports radio recently you know since the case was like you said the Kyle beach case came up and that was a big news story no one was really talking about them again and then all of a sudden they're on every show because of what Rocky Wirtz did right. at that town hall, which was, you know, completely unnecessary and unforced error on his part. There was no reason to kind of set them back. So, yeah, I think it definitely set them back because the conversation started centering around how the Blackhawks handled this, this situation, which, which was not well. I feel like you're like a connoisseur of Blackhawks or of Chicago sports management. You know, you know, all the owners and GMs and front office types. 
what do you know about Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner? What have you heard about? I know you're I know you're 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 plugged into the Cubs and Colin Faulkner, but what do you know about this this leadership group and what they might or may not be capable of? Well, it seems like they have common sense. Yeah. You know, and I think that's probably the main thing. They're not disconnected from society. They're not, you know, you know, old money. <laughs> well, Danny Wirtz <laughs> is old money, but he's the son of old money. Um you know, I, I just think they're a little more connected to what people are talking about, you know, and I've heard people that, you know, like Danny Wirtz when he was with, the, you know, earlier in the Hawks. And I know some people that didn't like him um, and found him like a little too brash and a little too, you know, owner's son type of mm-hmm. personality. But, you know, from what I've heard, people are pretty like happy with how what he's doing at the Hawks and how he's running things. I think, you know, even if people didn't like working with him directly, sometimes it sounds like he's a pretty good boss. People generally like him. Jamie Faulkner, the same thing. I mean, I know she's come up through a bunch of different, um, not so much teams, but like team adjacent businesses. Like, you know, with uh, I think it was Levy Restaurants was the one. Right. Um, and then those kind of businesses. So she knows, you know, what's going on. And I mean, you know, I know she was closely looking at the reaction online, you know, after after the town hall. Like she was, she was reading the, she was reading the tweets. So never, I mean, never read the tweets, right? Like her, I've met her before, you know, mostly with, um, with her husband, Colin, who I know very well from the Cubs before she started the Hawks and, you know, yeah, she gets it. She's a, she's a mom. I mean, they were, you know, they were, a, a what's it called? A billet. Is that how you pronounce it? Billet, billet? family. Yeah. yeah. Right, it's not delay. Um, <laughs> no, but they're a billet family. I mean, you know, Colin obviously talks a lot about his job in sports. Like she's worked sports, Jason, they get it. You know, I don't, I think they, you know, they were, from what I heard, were really good at the at the town hall. And they were. Everything was really going fine until uh, <laughs> until I lobbed my little softball there. Um, you know, like I know that Rocky Wirtz is not running the day-to-day operations right. of the Blackhawks. He hasn't been for a very long time. Basically, the second he took over, he empowered John McDonough to do that. And right. now it's Danny Wirtz. And they, but the the owner of a team has such a presence and such a an impact on the overall culture of it. Can you, can you know, Gary Bettman seemed to have no problem with this. He's, you know, no, no sanctions at all on Rocky. I mean, obviously Gary works for the owners, not vice versa, but you know, does, does Rocky have the credibility to continue in his current spot or does he have to some, cause you can't just, he's not going to divest himself of the team. That's not how this works. Like what steps can he do? I think he might have to make it like a little more, a little more public than what he's doing, or they have to make it a little more public that he stepped back without embarrassing him. Right. Like they don't want to embarrass him. He, Danny doesn't want to embarrass his dad. I mean, he still owns the, I know he I mean, Ro- Ro- Rocky did embarrass Danny. Yeah. Rocky. Embar- yeah. That was the thing people don't talk about. Everyone's like, he, he reacted like this to a question he's asked. I was like, actually, I don't think Mark asked him the question. He just no. kind of butted in. And then Danny tried to answer it. And then Rocky just cut him down. Like just emasculated him. It was, it was hard to watch. It was really, it was really unfortunate for Danny. He, he deserved right. better. I never read the Brian Smith, uh, like hagiography of, uh, of Rocky. I didn't book. either. I have to admit. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, I remember it. Like, I mean, Rocky also came in and like embarrassed his brother. Like, and yeah. said, like you know, it was Peter, right. Peter Wirtz was the one that was, that was being groomed. And, you know, I mean, Rocky had like not great things to say about like how his dad was running the team. I mean, he, he kind of came in and just told the truth. So, you know, maybe in another sense, this is time for another changing of the words. Yeah, no, I mean, that's exactly what it is. I mean, and that's the problem is like, I think, 
you know, Gary Bettman can hand wave this as an emotional outburst, but I think that was the truth. You know, the way he was acting, that was yeah. clearly him saying exactly how he felt about this whole situation, how he just, does, I paid money, it should be over now. Right. I, you know, he does, he's probably just furious. I mean, I, you know, I can't say what, how he cares about the actual case and the people involved in Cal Beach. You know, I, I wouldn't know that, but I guarantee he's furious that his team, his family name and his family business isn't being celebrated. Right. And that the one thing they did well winning those cups is now being challenged and people are saying it doesn't, you know, mean the same thing. I guarantee that eats at him. And, and it kind of came out in that, in that answer. So can you tell us anything about uh, your, I'm assuming distant cousin, Jeff Greenberg, who uh, interviewed for the, you know, what, what do you think about the Blackhawks going outside of hockey? Is this performative or do they really think in this far outside the box? Well, well remember when they said they asked Jed Hoyer for some, yeah, they, they talked to Jed Hoyer. And I thought that was more of just like questions about the hiring process. And maybe they asked him if there's anyone in his front office, you know, he would recommend. Now, Jeff is a pretty fast riser in the organization. I know he's been there for like 10 years. And I know he was trusted enough by Theo that Theo would accidentally text me when he meant to text Jeff, (laughs) which which happened about three times. And it would be like, hey, where are we at on the 40 man? What are you talking about? So... Jeff was high up enough that Theo's texting him a lot during the day. Um, and I know they really did think a lot of him, almost like he was basically like the Scott Harris, kind of like taking over Scott Harris's role. And Scott Harris is now was the assistant GM and is now the general manager of the, of the San Francisco Giants. Mm-hmm. So I think Jeff has kind of taken over his role. Now, he comes from a sports family. His dad, Chuck Greenberg, um, has owned a lot of minor league baseball teams. Um, I believe he's an investor, a part owner of the of the Texas Rangers, and I think he tried to buy the Carolina Hurricanes. Yes, so he was trying to buy the Hurricanes, and he before that he had tried to buy the Stars. Oh, man. So his dad has tried to buy a couple hockey teams, which you know probably endears him to Wurtz because Wurtz is Danny's dad also owns a hockey team, so you know that that would make sense. But yeah, so Jeff's a smart guy. I mean, he's got the degrees you need now in. in uh, in the modern world to work in sports, you can't you can't get that Ohio University undergrad. Oh God! And, and be a general manager. <laughs> you know? Can't just be a middle. You can't be a, a public school Greenberg. You got to be, you know, a private school Greenberg. So, I did ask Jed if I could take over as if they have a Greenberg quota. If I could move in the front office, if Jeff gets the job, but I did not get a reply. I don't think that would go well. I think that would uh, end very badly for the Cubs and for you, quite frankly. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I had one more thing I wanted to ask. It is slipping my mind. Um, we, you know, this, we, we, we've talked a lot about, you know, what the Blackhawks need in the front office. And, you know, I think Scott and I, we were in agreement that they need some kind of president who might not be involved with the minutia, the day-to-day salary cap, but just a, a, a new public face and voice. You know, Eddie Olchek is a guy that gets named to that. I know that's something that he'd probably be interested in. Kevin Weeks is, 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 a, is a good prominent person for that. Right now, the Blackhawks aren't doing that. They just want a GM. Do you think that's a mistake not to have some kind of trusted public voice kind of handle the the PR aspects of the team, be the voice of the team? I guess it depends on who the GM reports to and how much power the GM has. Well, Danny Wirtz said he's going to report directly to Danny Wirtz and have complete autonomy. So, yeah. So, I mean, really, it's just a, it's just a name, right? Like title inflation has gotten to be a big deal in sports where yeah. like someone used, you know, like in Boston, Theo was the GM. And then he became the president of baseball operations with the Cubs. Now he told me 
his hire was not like the reason he got that promotion and title was so they could hire him from Boston. He was still under contract. It wasn't, he did not demand to be the president, like a title, but he did want to report directly to Tom Ricketts and he did not want to report to obviously to Crane Kenny. Right. So I think it made sense for the Cubs to give him an equal title. So yeah, if they want to make someone the president, sure. I think the main thing is if you're going to do this role, don't just, you know, if you're going to hire like a young, like a, like you would make Jeff Greenberg the president of hockey operations. You'd make him the GM, and then there'd be a president of hockey operations above him. So it really just depends on how many people you want to hire in a front office. Right. You know, so really like, and, and in some cases, it's just you have to give people title promotions to get them from other orgs. So if someone's a really good assistant GM and you want them to be your number two, well, now they're the GM. Like Jed Hoyer couldn't have come over from being the GM with San Diego to be the assistant GM. Chicago. Right. So that was probably right. another reason. No, it's true. It is all about, you know, there's a lot of ego management that goes into this whole process for sure. Right. It's like you're a senior writer. I mean, who knows? <laughs> right. that what does that mean? Yeah. Right? <laughs> it means I have gray hair. I think I mean, that's all it means. Um, well, Hey, I, pre- I know you got places to be. I appreciate you coming on to give us that kind of, uh, the rest of Chicago perspective. I know hockey, we get, we get very much in our little bubble and it's a very much a, a talking loop. Well, yeah, right. And next week I'm going to come on because I have some thoughts on the power play. I was going to ask you about the second unit, if you think they should move Kirby Doc into the bumper spot or not, but I wasn't sure if you had cracked down on enough film just yet. No, not yet. I'm still looking at some stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, my thanks to John Greenberg. My thanks to Phil Thompson. And uh, next week, Scott will be back. Uh, I'm sure you'll all be very glad to hear that. Until next time, this is Lazen Powers. See ya. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.